This is the Psalm 98, verses 2 to 6, from the NIV, in the, in the Bible right in front of you. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Amen. see above and behind the Pew Bible reference to what we're going to read, Luke, 28, Luke 2, 28 to 32. Simon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you, ha you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for mine eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and a glory to your people, Israel. Listening to Kathy's story, I was reminded of a joke about the little boy in Sabbath school. The teacher said, uh, now what is gray, has a, a bushy little tail, likes to climb trees and eat acorns. And the boy raised his hand and he said, I know the answer must be Jesus, but I sure want to say squirrel. <laughs> and so in our story today, the answer was indeed Jesus. It's great to welcome our kids home. So wonderful to see our families uh, back and leading in worship and being uh, part of the congregation. Welcome home. And good to have the Gist family with us. Some of you remember the Gists. They left us and never looked back. But I think they're, uh, they're happy enough to be here today, and we're delighted to see them all. Welcome. Welcome to the guests. You know that if you've ever looked for something long enough and found it, it's an amazing thing when you finally register that you, this is it. I don't know what you might want to think of with that, but you know, I, I can remember uh, looking for a suit you know, you look and you look and you try one on and the sleeves are too long on this one and the other has a double vent which is going to make your butt look big and then the other one has, you know, and you just, you look and you look and this one has too little fabric under here and this one has too much fabric over here and you just, this one doesn't quite button because your gut just doesn't, you know, I, then you put on that suit jacket that just, hey, wait a minute, I can move my arms, wait a minute. It, it buttons. Wait a minute. It's, it just fits. It's the one. You just, it, it, it and it, unless it's uh, thousands more than you intended to spend, you take it home. Because it's so hard to find that, 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 that thing. Maybe you've, you've looked for a recipe. Your grandmother made pumpkin pie that was just unlike anything you've ever tasted. And you've tried all the standard recipes and all the spice mixes you can think of, and it just isn't right. And one day you're looking through some old memorabilia and you find a little cookbook 
with some notations that your grandma made and you whip up the pie and that's it. That's the pie. That's the taste you remember. That's the texture of your childhood. That's the flavor that just reminds you of home. I was in Sabbath school sitting, minding my own business 20-some-odd years ago, and a woman walked through the door. And I looked at her, and I said, that's it. And I married her 13 months later. It just seemed right. Now, you've had this experience. I know you have. And there was this man named Simeon a long time ago who looked at every baby that walked through the temple door. He'd been around a long time. He had searched. He had prayed. God had spoken to him. He didn't receive the Spirit in the sort of mass way that came at Pentecost. He didn't receive the Spirit in the sort of latter-day reign that we hope to receive it. He had been specially visited. Simeon, you're not going to die before you see God's salvation. I'm sure he saw many a beautiful baby. Aren't they all beautiful? Yeah, of course. Even the ugly ones are beautiful. You know? There's the baby's born, you know, you look at it, well, I guess we'll learn to love it, you know? <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. It's, it's true, it's true. They're beautiful. He looked at dozens, hundreds, maybe thousands of beautiful babies coming through. No voice spoke to him. Nothing they're all great, but nothing, nothing spoke to him. He was getting old. I was wondering if he was ever going to see this thing God had promised him. One day he woke up and he just, he knew he needed to go to temple. He just felt it in his bones. He just knew he had to go. And he went. And he started looking at the babies. And then he locked eyes with a young couple, well, a young woman, older man, and he, they had a baby. And something inside of him leapt. You can see him making his way over. I don't know how he managed to get a hold of the child. Mothers are pretty possessive, and this was a strange man in the temple. But somehow he got the baby in his arms. God had revealed to him that this baby was extraordinary. This was the baby that fit. This was the baby that fit every prophecy that had ever been made about a coming Messiah. This was the baby that would be the consolation of Israel. Now what a big phrase and term. The consolation of Israel. Makes me think of the old game shows in which if you lost, you got a consolation prize. But that was actually an appropriate thing because you needed to be consoled in your losing. The consolation of Israel would be the salvation of Israel, the Messiah, the Redeemer. 
the looked-for one. Mary has heard the angel's words, Joseph too. They saw the angels, heard their song, reported to them by the shepherds. They witnessed strange things around his birth. They treasured these things up, particularly Mary did in her heart. But now on the eighth day, they're at the temple. It's time for him to be presented, time for this baby to be named, time for the bris, time for him to join God's people. And this extraordinary spirit-filled man takes the baby in his arms and says the strangest thing. Lord, now you can let me die. Now you can take me in peace. Now your promise to me is fulfilled. As I gaze into this eye, the eyes of this beautiful child, I have seen your salvation. The consolation Israel. Can you imagine what his parents must have been thinking? It's mind-blowing enough to think that the savior of any country could come, the deliverer of any country, a king could be born in such humble form, but to think the Lord of the universe, the creator of all, could be born, take on human form, and be held in the arms of a spirit-filled man who would, in the eyes of a babe, see the future of God's people. My eyes have seen your salvation. What have your eyes been searching for? Have you been looking for the consolation of Israel? Have you seen your salvation? Have you held it in your arms? Has the Spirit spoken to you and said, this, this is the consolation of Israel? Has it informed your life and your thought in any kind of special way? Our text today point us to something that is so common to us because we live it. So common to us because as Christians we meditate on it regularly. So common to us because we show up week after week at church and hear the word. But I don't know that we always hear, nor do we always see, nor does it always register what work God is doing the psalmist, under inspiration of the Spirit, felt it one day and said it. Sing to the Lord a new song, not the same old song, a new song, because he's done marvelous things. Well, he's always done marvelous things, but he's always doing marvelous new things. We forget that God is dynamic and real and alive and active, and moving, and creating. We think he created, but he's constantly creating. Listen to the psalmist. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he's done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked 
salvation for him. His salvation for me, more like it. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. Simeon knew these words. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. And that is what we should all be looking for, especially this season. Shout for joy to the earth, to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Translate the instruments to whatever fits. Make a joyful noise. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Listen to the poetry. Your music, your praise, your noise joins the rest of the noise of creation. The earth sings already. The creatures all sing already. The whale makes its song. The bird makes its song. We are joining in the sound of all creation. Let the sea resound in everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Do you ever hear them gurgling down the rocks? Let the mountains sing together for joy. They seem pretty silent and stoic to me. But if mountains can sing, how much more should I? Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. And you see, that seems a separate act to us. Listen to what we do with that. We take that little bit there and we throw it to the end of time. God will judge the earth. We make it about heaven and we make it about hell. But listen what happens. When Simeon holds this babe in his arms, he not only holds a coming king and a savior, but he holds a judge. And when God sent Jesus to us, in that act, he judged the world. And he said, anyone who will believe, anyone who sees this child really sees will find a place at my table. The judgment comes with the salvation. What we forget is that judgment for the last days is reserved for those who reject the salvation that has come. But the judgment that came in the babe at Bethlehem was a judgment for salvation. Luke, it's worth just going back to for a minute before we leave this season once and for all until next year. We find also that there was another prophet that day at the temple. Remember something very important about the Hebrew tradition. One witness can never win a case. If you're ever in a court of law, the only way to win your case is two witnesses. At the word of two witnesses, somebody might be freed and acquitted or convicted. Mary and Joseph have just experienced this strangeness 
this wonderful, sweet old man coming and saying these almost unintelligible things, these incomprehensible things about their baby, these wonderful things about their baby. But now there's another prophet. Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, she had been a widow, the Bible tells us, for 84 years. So let's say she married at 12. I'm just, biblical times, different than today. Married for eight years. Her husband died when she was 20, and she's been a widow for 84 years. That puts her at 104 years old. She never left the temple but worshiped day and night, fasting and praying. I used to sing next to a 103-year-old lady in my church growing up. She remembered the native peoples of California. She had been there since the 1860s. She was amazing. This prophetess is there fasting and praying and coming up to them at that moment, she started right in, giving thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Joseph and Mary did everything required by the law and they returned to Galilee and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and out of all of these blessings and who he was prophesied to be, the Spirit of God was with him. That day in the temple, in the sight of two prophets, witness was born to the salvation that has come. And today, I ask, what have you been looking for? And when you see it, do you know it? I want to invite you to look afresh at the babe today and see the salvation that's come to you. Small package, big God. Little bundle, incredible joy. Ten little fingers and ten little toes and hands and feet that would be pierced that we might live. Grace unlimited but in human form. The salvation of Jerusalem and of Israel and of all who would believe the world over. Glimpse, please, glimpse your salvation today. May the consolation of Israel, the salvation of Jerusalem and Judah, may the babe of Bethlehem, the Christ who's come, may the incarnate one, the King, creator of all and Lord eternal, bless you and keep you in this Christmas season and in the year to come. Amen.